been talking about the end, but last week I decided to kind of take a detour. Well, the last time I was here, we were closing up. What is the new temple? Or yeah. The so we went past all that, oh. and we're kind of working on this final, final confrontation between the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist, and Jesus, the Messiah. And before we got to the Messiah and the Antichrist coming together in this final battle at the end, I decided to go backward and again, back to the future, and talk about the life of the true Messiah. Actually, talk about Jesus, because he's the most interesting person in the Bible anyway. So... You know, what is that an image of? Anointing. Who's getting anointed by who? Who is getting who who is the anointer? Sam, you should know the answer to this question. Sam Samuel. No, not the guy who baptized Jesus. Samuel. Samuel is baptizing who? Not baptizing. Now I got it all mixed up. Samuel's <laughs> baptizing who? No, not baptizing. Anointing. Who is Samuel anointing? David. Right. Samuel is anointing David. What does that have to do with anything? I don't know. Christ? Christ, right, means... But what is what is uh, what is Messiah mean? I think if there's one thing this class learns by the end of this year is the answer to this question. What does Messiah mean? Just look below the line there. What does Messiah mean? Huh? The anointed one, right? So I've got this image of Samuel anointing David, and I'm talking about the Messiah, the anointed one. Which in Greek means, Ray, what do you call yourself? Christian. We don't get an answer to that question. I, I'm going to say this, ask this question every single day. I'm going to come up to you and you're asleep. And I'm going to say, what does Messiah mean, Ray? And you're going to say it means, it's the Hebrew word for anointed one, which in Greek means Christ, which is why we're all called Christians, right? So that's what... Messiah means the life of the true Messiah, right? So the anointed one is one of is what Messiah means, is what Christ means. What's another title that Jesus has? It's right underneath the, the anointed one. It's the son of David. Why is it important that he be called the son of David? What's so special about David? He was anointed. Anointed for what? You know, anointed to, I don't know, write poems, play harps, be a musician, be a king, right? He is anointed to be a king. So if Jesus, and what do, what do kings do? They have sons, and so what do the sons of kings do? They become kings too, right? It's like, it's called a dynasty, it's called a monarchy, right? This is how the rulers of this world work, right? It's a one son after another son. 
all of them will have a dynasty of kings, right? So when Jesus is called the son of David, what we're saying is Jesus is the king, right? He is the king or future king or he's going to be king or he is the king. He's the son of David. Son of man is another one. Why, why did I write son of man up there? If any of you have read your gospels. Why is he called son of man? No, why did I even come up with son of man? Where did son of man? Am I just making up son of man? Yes. <laughs> why, why am I talking about son of man? What does Jesus do all the time? You guys have read Jesus' story? What did Jesus do all the time when he's talking about himself? Hmm? Priscilla calls him, Priscilla calls him, Jesus calls himself the son of man a lot, right? The son of man will do this, the son of man will come in power, the son of man, the son of man, right? He says son of man a lot. And then the last thing is the Christ, right? And that's what we all know him as, Jesus Christ. Son of Mary Christ and Joseph. No, right? That's not how that works. He is the Messiah. That's what his title is. So, but what was the problem before Jesus would become king? What was going on? What was the political situation? We talked about this last week. What was the political situation when Jesus was born? No? No. Were the Jewish people in charge of their own country, Salani? When Jesus was born? No, right? They were, who was in control? The Romans, right? So we talked about the Romans, and then, so that's the situation they're dealing with, right? And we, we, we went through this whole history of how Israel had these great kings, Isaiah, uh, David, and Solomon, and how they lost their kingdom. They lo it was defeated, and they were basically under the rule of of a foreign empire. We talked about Washington, D.C.'s license plates. What? <laughs> what, what is special about Washington, D.C.'s license plates, right? Taxation without representation. Why do they have that on their license plate? They have no representatives in Congress, right? So they have to pay taxes, but they don't have representatives. But what reality is, what it, it's, it's literally true. They have to pay taxes, but they don't get any representation. And what are the Jews complaining about in the Roman, in that Roman time? They don't get to pick the emperor. Nobody asked the Jews who the emperor was going to be. They were just stuck with him, right? And they weren't stuck with the king. The king of Judea at that time was the king of Judea at the time of Jesus' birth was Herod, who called himself the Great, right? But all Herod was was a puppet, right? I'm not a puppet, you're a puppet. No. Herod was, Herod, Herod the Great was, how did he come into power? He basically took the side of the Romans against the Persians, and he was on the winning side, and so they didn't get to pick Herod either, even though he was called, quote-unquote, king of the Jews, right? So the, the Jewish people are feeling very defeated at this time, right? They don't have their own kings. They've got this Roman emperor, and they've got this guy who calls himself king of the Jews, but he's not there because he's the, is Herod the son of David? No, right? So in that scenario, people are depressed, they're disappointed, 
they think that God should be doing something great in their life, but they're stuck with a reality of oppression of a, of a foreign emperor. And so what's the next thing? So they came up with different plans to deal with it. And so we talked about last week. Yeah, the next one. The Essenes. What did we talk about with the Essenes last time? Who are the Essenes? They lived in the desert. They lived in the desert, right? Nope. They lived in the desert. They practiced a form of baptism. So that's why we say that John the Baptist, or baptizer, might have had some roots with these guys. What they believed is the end times were coming soon. They're conventionally believed maybe to be even the ones who kept the Dead Sea Scrolls together. They read Daniel and Isaiah and they, they examined it very carefully and they, were, they calculated all the time, just like we're calculating now. They calculated all the times and they believed that the end was going to happen in their generation. Right? And, you know, that's a pattern of generations, but they believed the end was coming soon, and they decided to go into their little spot and, and stay there until the God would come. And they would try to keep themselves as pure as possible from the outside contaminants in the world. And go to the next slide. So, we read in Daniel about these four different beasts. And you don't have to focus on that. There's lions, and there's leopards, and there's all kinds of things. But then after that, leopard, and there's a bear, and they're all defeated by this person. In Daniel 7, 13 to 14, Daniel is reading about, I saw in the night vision, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. Son of man. So where does son of man come from? Now you know. Jesus was looking and thinking about what was happening with Daniel. This son of man would be coming. This is in Daniel, written hundreds of years before this time period. But they're all looking at it and saying, the end is coming. The son of man is coming. He came to the ancient days and presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. And all people and nations and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. Right? So what did people think... Ray, what did people think Jesus was going to do? What this Messiah was going to do? What did you think that what did you think that he was going to do? You just asked, you won't answer anything. I can ask you, what did they think Jesus was going to do? Uh, he was going to have dominion and glory and a kingdom, and he was going to conquer the whole world. They believed that Jesus was going to be an earthly ruler based on this verse. Is that what happened? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and then the other thing they read about was in Daniel 12.2. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life, and some to everlasting contempt. So this is before the New Testament, guys, right? So what is that a prediction of? Daniel 12, verse 2. The resurrection, right? That there was going to be a resurrection of all people at the end of time, that there was going to be the resurrection. So there's these group of people living in the desert. John probably learned their eating cuisine. What was their eating cuisine? What did they love to eat, those guys? Well, I don't know what they like to eat, but what did John like to eat? 
Dust. You like really tasty insects known as locusts. Have you ever had a locust there? No, but he ate them with honey, so they, they were a delicacy. Anyway, so <laughs> and many of those, <coughs> some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. But what do we feel about these Essenes? Are, do, do they feel like someone that we want to be like? What their response to oppression and evil and other things was, let's go out in the desert and let's just wait for the end to come. Let's be as pure and holy as possible and wait for the end. That's a response. Some Christians nowadays have that kind of response. Who would you put? I don't think you would put them in this category of apocalyptic, but maybe they, they are. What group of people living in the United States would you kind of call kind of like the Essenes? Mormons. Not Mormons, really. They live in Pennsylvania. Oh, Amish. The Amish, right? Kind of like the Amish. That's what I meant. You know? So that is one approach to empire and oppression, is this apocalyptic turn. They know they're not going to start an army and, like, march on Rome and defeat the Romans. It's just not going to work. They believe that the Son of Man's coming. They believe in this end-time resurrection. So that's one faction that existed before Jesus was coming to the earth. That was one What's the next one? What is that group called? Sadducees. Have you guys heard of the Sadducees before? Who are the Sadducees? <laughs> they were a priestly class. They only accepted the Torah. One, one weird thing is, and I spelled resurrection wrong, so I apologize for that. Um, they did not believe in the Resurrection. How could they not believe in the resurrection? Steve, didn't they have Daniel? Why weren't they reading Daniel and believe in the resurrection? Huh? Daniel wasn't living it. Daniel, no, we're talking about Jesus' time. Daniel was living maybe 400 years before Jesus. So, why didn't they believe in the resurrection? They had Daniel. They read Daniel. Why didn't they believe in the resurrection? This is kind of like... Subtle point. What did they have in the first century? Did they have, did they have this perfectly beautiful leather-bound Bible with the clear pages and the string at the end? No. What did they have? Oh, they had paper. a bunch of scrolls, right? And they, had, they didn't have agreements. And I know this might be controversial, but I'll say it anyway. They didn't have a whole lot of agreement on what was in the Bible and what wasn't in the Bible at that time. So... They only accepted the Torah, which is what books of the Bible? Say it. The first five, right? The Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They only accepted those five books. They didn't accept the other books. And if you read those five books, you kind of get it. You, don't, you get a vague sense of resurrection. You don't really hear about resurrection in those five books. You know, they, you just hear about people dying. And, and, and they don't really talk about resurrection in those stories. And so they didn't believe in that. They also were the, mainly the priests in the temple, and they believed in what kind of attitude towards Rome. Were they, like, trying to start fights with Rome? Trying to battle Rome? What was their response to Rome? Close ties and peace. <laughs> Close ties and peace, right? I gave you the answer, right? 
close ties in peace. Why? Because they've got a pretty good spot. They, they're the priests in Jerusalem. The Romans said, hey, you guys keep peace. You guys pay the taxes. We'll let you be in charge. We'll let you become wealthy and fat and prosperous. You guys just don't fight us. We don't fight you, and you guys get to be great. And what is going on with these coins? Any idea? There's a birdie. So this guy is an emperor. His name is Tiberius. So he was the emperor when Jesus was doing his ministry. And so I, I am a Jewish pilgrim. I'm coming to Jerusalem. I've got to do a couple things for the Passover. What is one thing I need for the Passover? I need a lamb. I need some sort of animal, right? So what am I going to do? Bring an animal from very far away? I can be coming from Rome or Greece or anywhere. Am I going to come with an animal on, on the ship? I'm no. going to come all the way? No. Huh? No. So what am I going to do? Um. How am I going to get this animal? No. What do people do nowadays? Like, do you go, you grow your own chickens and cook them? And go like, to the store and, and buy them. You go to the store and buy them, right? And what do you do to go and buy them? What do you do? You hey, use money, right? Right. You got to give them some money to do it. And they had a whole bunch of people in the temple area who were selling goats and sheep and like for really poor people doves you couldn't afford like a whole lamb or sheep right and so you went to the temple and you wanted to give buy these holy animals that without our blemish would you give them an image of Tiberius why would people have a problem with that I just you're in the temple you're selling sheep and goat I give you this coin of Tiberius, and you're going to be like, oh, let's take it. What's the problem? We've got what behind us? We're in the temple. We've got the temple, right? We've got the temple, and we've got God and his holy power and presence there, and we're bringing what into there? A graven image. What's the problem with a graven image? What are problems with a graven image? Anybody read your commandments? Hmm? The second commandment, right, says you shall not make a graven image. So they had a real problem with this. You know, so should we have, question, should we have Washington and Jefferson and we put it in on our, uh, in our money? So, I don't know. We can stress out about that. But, so that, that is what was going on with Tiberius. So, what is the, the coins above there? If you notice those those coins, they don't have images of people like the top one or, or animals. Yeah, the top one. It doesn't have images of people or anything. It has just images of a goblet and like of a, like a, like a plant or something. So that's not as it's not a that's not a problem. So that is the temple coins. So what do I have to do if I'm a poor person in Israel and I need to buy a dove? All I've got is this these Tiberius coins, I've got to get the temple coins, what am I going to do? So Ray here is a, is a good character. He'd be like, hey, Sajid, you need some temple coins. I got temple coins. 
You have you have what? Tiberius coins, right? I'll give you some. I'll give you some temple coins so you can buy the goats from from Steve. It's a good deal, right? Is it a good deal? Yeah, exactly. He's gonna he's gonna rip me off totally, right? He's gonna totally rip me off. And now I've got to buy his thing. And is he going to rip me off? Yeah, of course he's going to rip me off. He's got a monopoly too. I'm just trying to be a good Jew, and I'm getting ripped off by you, you both of you. <laughs> the same thing was they also had to pay like a temple tax, right? And to pay the temple tax, again, what do they have to do? They couldn't give the Tiberius coins in. I want to pay the temple tax. How am I going to do the temple tax? Again, I have to go to Ray. And Ray says, he got me, homie. How does he have me? By ripping me off. Again, like, some person may have a car, let's say. And this car was parked somewhere, let's say. And then... What car was it? Can we make it a bus? Benji came and ripped off the Toyota emblem on it. That's a scam, right? And so then he comes. Benji says, hey, Sajir, I've got this Toyota emblem. You need one. Because somehow it disappeared from my car. How did that happen? I will give you, sell it for you for 10 bucks. I'll take it. You can get these on eBay. All right? Don't trust those things. Anyway, forget it. That, that is a detour of a, of a different kind of page. That I some never people might be experiencing. You just take it from me. This is the kind of scams that people were dealing with. So 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 why do I bring up this whole ridiculous story up? What is this why would this irritate some people? Well, let me ask you this question. Who did this irritate? Who did this irritate? Yes. Why did it? So, how do we know the story of how it irritated Jesus? What did Jesus do? He didn't. Jesus destroyed the temple. Yes. It was a Hercules Jesus came in, started punching. No, that's not what Jesus. Jesus came in and he did what? Yeah. Ray is sitting at his table, ripping me off, right? Ripping me off with this this unjust scheme. And then Jesus comes in, and he comes in, and he just like rah, pushes it up to the ground, and then he takes a whip and starts. I so, so I don't know if he actually hit anybody with it, but he he was he was angry, right? And why was he angry? What did he say, right? My house was a house of prayer, but you turned it into a den of thieves. That irritated Jesus so much. And, but what I'm saying about this is this whole economy was bent on, an, on oppressing the poor people who live there. And they were there. Part of this economy was helping these guys be very wealthy. Go ahead. Question. Uh, these merchants, were they Roman, Jewish? Or? They were Jewish. But they were connected to the Jews. They were connected to the whole Roman Empire. This only thing would exist if the Roman Empire was there, right? Like, we wouldn't have the Tiberius coins. These are Jews 
by birth, but they were... Right. I mean, there is a group of guys who were very disliked, but were also... This is the complicated part. You can't put Jesus in any sort of political box. Like, some people might put him in the left wing, and some people... You can't do that with Jesus. Because Jesus had who in his one, as one of his disciples. But you could also put in the Ray category. He had Matthew, right? He had Matthew. What was Matthew's profession? He was a tax collector, right? And they were not very uh, pleased with these guys either, right? Again, they were also doing this kind of shenanigans, right? Matthew comes to me and says, Hey, Saju, you owe Rome $10. I really only owe Rome $2. But I have to give Matthew 10 and he's going to pocket the 8, right? That's, again, another scam, right? Another scam that, that the people are frustrated by. That's why the people are so angry at the tax collectors, right? So, again, there's local elites. This is what, how so many colonial powers work. In India, too, this happened, right? There are, when the British were in control of the colony, right, were they all poor? Most of them were poor, but there were some people who were not doing so bad. Why not? Because they were local elites who were making deals with Rome. So you can put the Sadducees kind of like that in the character. That's why they're so afraid of Jesus, right? They're, they're so worried that Jesus will mess up their nice place, their, their perfect spot in the temple and in rulership uh, and, and, and their, in their class. They're so worried about what Jesus is going to do. And that's why they talk about it is better for one man to die than for all of us to. And I think we've got to draw it to a close. But that's the Sadducees. We will go to the Pharisees and Zealots next week. Do you want me to focus? Thank you. All right.